Um, we're in the book of Matthew as a church at the moment, so why don't you get your Bible, open it up to Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Um, if you don't have a Bible, pop your hand up and Stefan will bring you one. Um, you, can, you can pop your hand up and that will come your way. Uh, just to introduce myself, I'm Johnny, I lead the team here in Bognor. It's so good to have you with us uh, for, to see so many new faces, but also uh, regular ones. And um, we are currently in a series, um, am I booming a little bit? Is that boomy? I'll, I'll keep talking and I'm sure it'll get sorted out as I talk. I'll try not to boom too much. Um, we, are, we are in a series called The King We Need, and we are seeing through the book of Matthew how Jesus just demonstrates. And so Matthew in his gospel demonstrates that Jesus is the king that we need. He was the king that Israel need, but he's also the king that 21st century Bogner needs. And, uh, and this morning, we, we are in a part of the, the story of Matthew where Jesus has uh, done some ministry to people. So he served uh, the people, he's healed a few people, and he's gone into another teaching moment. So he's teaching a crowd, as we will see, but also his disciples. But this time, it's a little bit different to the teaching he's done before. He's talking in parables, which are like short, snappy, proverby type stories um, that he talks on. And uh, we're going to be focusing particularly, although we're in chapter 13, we're going to be just focusing on one of those parables this morning. So there's lots of stuff we could have talked about, but I just wanted to focus us on the parable of the sower. And uh, I want to be honest before I start this morning. Um, I'm a little worried about preaching this passage, not because there's some like, deep theological issue that I'm going to have to try and untangle, not because um, it's a famous passage, but because I'm useless at gardening. Right, I'm, I'm terrible at gardening. We, we're, we're thinking of trying to sell our house possibly or, or uh, yeah, I'm not going into that. Uh, don't panic, we're not locally, locally. Um, so, but the garden is a mess. Right, we've got a trampoline in the garden and nothing is growing in our garden other than moss and overgrown grass. It just is terrible. And so uh, if... Let me like to frame how bad I am at gardening. My mum's really keen on it, and as a kid, she thought it would be really nice if I tried to get into it a little bit. So, would you give a teenage boy to get into gardening is a cactus? And I was able to get this cactus dry. Like that's not what they're, they're supposed to be able to handle that, and I, I just did not didn't handle that cactus well. And so, I'm not very good at gardening. So, if I make a gardening analogy or a, a, a gardening um, reference, and it is totally wrong, I apologize. All right? I've, I've, tr- I've tried, I've tried, but there's only so much research a non-gardener can do. Um, so, yes, uh, just apologies in advance for any wrong gardening metaphors. I do apologize. Um, let's, I'm just going to bring us back to what we're talking about. I want to pray. And then we're going to read God's word. Um, God, I just pray that as we read your word this morning, as we read this parable, that it will be one that really transforms our hearts. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as I talk, that it's not me, but, but your word that's, that's coming through. I pray, Lord, that you will bless us as we open your word, as we dive into it. Encourage us, I pray, 
challenge us like we were challenged earlier. Lord, I pray you challenge us, stir us, Holy Spirit, to love you more, to run with you and adventure with you, King Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read from verse 1 of chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the other people stood on the shore. I like that idea. I wish I preached like that. I get to sit down and you all get to stand up. It's quite nice. Um, Then he told them many things in parables. So this is the first parable he goes on to teach. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, and which grew up, and it choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a good crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. And then Jesus explains through verses 10 to 16. He's then explaining to the disciples why he's, why he's talking in parables and how parables were you, were you, he was using parables to reveal the secrets of God. That's what he was using them for. Then he reveals now the meaning of the parable that he's just explained. So we're going to jump to verse uh, jump to verse 17. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. I've I've brought with me this morning a pack, if I can find it, he says, I've brought with me a pack of seeds, which I can't find. Where have I? Kim's going to try and find them for me. Thank you, dear. Um, so uh, on, on a pack of seeds, you, you get many instructions. I may have left them in the car. How bad is that? Um, so on a pack of seeds, you get instructions and directions to help inept gardeners such as myself um, to, to grow vegetables. These were, uh, yes, I knew I had them. So these seeds here, these will grow you some peas. And on the back, it tells you when, where, how, how to care for them, the harvest that you'll get for them. And don't forget, some top tips. Make two or three sowings for longer harvest. 
Um, so we've got, we got some seeds, and there's, there's a few warnings on it. There's a few warnings of, of if you plant the, to, uh, the certain time to plant them, so don't plant them in October, right, because they just won't grow. Um, there's, there's ways to protect them from the birds. So a warning, like birds will try and eat these, so you might want to put some, it tells you to put some wire or something over the top. Um, you, can, you can dig a hole, so you can dig a hole to put these in, which is a good idea to, to, to prepare them, make sure the soil is good, make sure it's fertile. They're not very big, are they? They're quite small, the seeds. And, and so you put them in the soil, we'll put them in the soil like that. Yeah, that's, that's how we'll, we'll do it. Or as, as the word that we've just read is, let's, let's scatter them. We're just going to scatter them on the floor. And when you scatter them, they haven't just landed in one place. They've gone absolutely everywhere. In chapter 11 to 12, Jesus has been announcing a new kingdom that was coming. And uh, he has some common reactions to his message and his, in his ministry. And in this passage, Jesus notices that, that a lot of those common reactions, and he's talking into them a little bit here, ones that lead to a lack of harvest, if you will. So mistakes where I've, I'll, I'll sow it here on this, on this path here, and, and that'll be a good place to sow some seed. It's, it's not the best place to sow my seed. And Jesus is talking into the reactions of people by, by referring to where they're sowing the seed. And just like with seeds, just like with these seeds here, the gospel needs certain elements to thrive. It's not going to survive here because... Don't go near the floor. Uh, certain, it's not going to survive here, is it? The seeds are not going to grow being on this floor here. And Jesus know that, knows that there is one reaction. There's only one soil. There is only one seed which will bring um, a thriving plant that will grow the plant. He knows that there's only one reaction which will lead a person to becoming a kingdom person. It's not just seeing what Jesus does, seeing all of his miracles. He knows that, that they might see his miracles, but there is, and they, they'll hear his message, but it's whether they act on it. It's whether they hear it fully and understand it fully. So for the rest of the morning, I want to, uh, we're going to explore this parable. We're going to see how it encourages us, how, like in the back of some seeds, it might instruct us how it warns us, don't, don't go near the birds, don't put them near the birds, how it, how it helps us plant kingdom seeds. So I've, I've titled this morning, When Planting Kingdom Seeds. And the first point I want to make is patience is required. When we are sharing the gospel, when, so if you take Jesus' ministry where he's sharing the gospel, um, just like him, patience is required. Patience is required. A farmer went out to sow some seeds. So if I, was to, uh, if I was to get my seeds and just drop them, grow! No, it doesn't just happen. When we share the gospel with people, it doesn't, oh, it just doesn't just happen. It takes time. Patience is required. We do not know what seed this farmer is sowing. We don't know if it's peas. We don't know if it's grain, if it's, if it's barley. However, it's worth realizing sowing seeds takes a while and it is hard work. 
It's hard work being a farmer. If you were to explore the rest of chapter 13's parables, you would notice that all of the parables that Jesus talks about, they involve a lot of time. They involve, so baking, I've got to wait for it to rise, the yeast to work in the baking. I've got seeds, I've got digging. Digging is hard work, man. Digging for treasure. You've got fishing. I've been fishing once, it's really boring, because all you do is sit and wait. They literally, that is the sport. I'm like, nah, not for me. But God's kingdom, the point is, God's kingdom message is not a flash in the pan. It is about the long game. That's what the kingdom is about. If we give up on people too early, if we think, oh, they don't want to know, they don't hear the gospel, we leave the gospel seed and we just go, yeah, that'll do, and we just walk off and we leave it, well, well, it's just going to leave the seed buried in the soil and, it, and it's going to just rot away. Galatians 6, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I'm mainly talking to Christians here. Who in your life do you feel that you are giving up on sharing the gospel with? Who in your life are you, are you sharing the gospel with? Who is that person that you're praying for and praying for and praying for, and it just, <clears throat> not, it's not, the seed isn't growing yet. The seed's not doing what I want it. Why don't you grow? It's not, it's not working. Like, who is that person? Seeds are annoying. They take time to grow, and they take time to sprout. The people in Jesus' day, they will have known that planting seeds took a really long time. They were in an agricultural society. Farming was, was a thriving business at the time. However, in our culture, it's, very, it's the opposite. It's, we want everything now. We want our information now. We want our money now. We want our food with Deliveroo right now and here and there. We, we live in a culture where we do not allow for time. Christianity is a farming job, not an office job. Christianity is a farming job, not an office job. Farmers need patience. Farmers um, need to wait. Farmers wait for their lambs to be born. They wait for the grain to come. They wait for rain. They, they pray for rain. They, they, they hope for summer. They got to pick it at just the right time and in just the right way. It's, it's a farming job. It's not an office job. Office jobs are, you've got to respond to the email quickly. You've got to get the reply fast enough. It doesn't allow for time. Christianity is a farming job. Hear what God calls Christians to be. This is Isaiah 61. If we are, if we are patient, look at the beauty of what's to come. If we are patient and praying and seeking God in it, and we're sharing the gospel well, they will be called oaks of righteousness. Imagine that. That little seed, that, 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 oak of righteousness. Yeah, They will be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Planting kingdom seeds, sharing the gospel takes time. And if you follow Jesus, then your role is, is simple. It's to do what I just did. It's, it's, it's to scatter. That, that's it. We're just sharing the gospel. This, this is who Jesus is. He's really great. Yeah, water and care for the seedlings. Yeah, because 
when they're, when they're in the right soil, they can become oaks of righteousness. Imagine a church, imagine us as a church, full of oaks of righteousness. It's a beautiful image. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Yeah? Let me bring it down to earth. Disappointment is inevitable. Disappointment is inevitable. Did you notice verses 3 to 8, only one, one of the four soils, 25%, not great, 25% of the soil was harvested. Yeah? If I throw this seed like I have been, this is really quite fun, um, if I just throw it on the floor, on this floor, it will do nothing. It's not going to do anything. We should recognize the disproportionate response of those who do not respond fully to the gospel in comparison to those who bear fruit. It shouldn't surprise us. There is inevitable disappointment to sharing our faith with our friends, with our family, and our colleagues, and some that just, they just don't want to hear. And one, focus, uh, one main focus in this parable is on the soil teaches us that just as Jesus had varied responses to his message, and we're, we're, all we're doing is just repeating that message, yeah, he gets varied responses, so will we. So will we. We will also have the inevitable disappointment. That is, you think of that point as really, really sad, right? That inevitable disappointment. It's so freeing. It's so freeing to know that, that you... You are not in control of this. Yeah, God is. That when we're sharing the gospel message, it is not on us. What freeing news. Oh, disappointments come. That's okay. Let's keep praying because I'm going to just hold on to God here. Yeah, this is such freeing news. Are you praying for someone, not seeing them grow? Is there somebody who's, who's come to church before and now they've just fallen off the, place, the face of the earth? If you can relate to any of that, please be encouraged because disappointment is inevitable. The results are ultimately in the hands of God as well as in the hearing of the individual. What's the job of the sower? Sow the seed. That's, that's our job. The farmer cannot control the outcome. The farmer cannot control where seeds land. The farmer cannot control and determine when the rain's going to come. The farmer cannot control if it rains at all. The farmer cannot control when the sun shines. They're at the mercy of God in the same way we are. You and I are farmers and we are required to throw seed and that is it. Although disappointment is inevitable, it is encouraging that three out of four soil did involve some form of fertilization. It did become more than just a seed. It didn't just remain a seed three out of four times. Although we must expect disappointment, we must also expect fruitfulness even more. That should be our expectation. Our expectation should be fruitfulness. The gospel seed that is thrown alone has the potential power within it to produce life in dead soil. That's what it can do. Be encouraged when sowing kingdom seeds because disappointment is inevitable. But be aware too because listening is essential. Listening is essential. I love Jesus' comical moment here in verse 9. Whoever has ears, I think, I think that's most people. I think most people have ears. The majority of humanity have got ears. So uh, whoever has ears, let him hear. 
Do you know, it's people who believed in Jesus. So these people who have seen his ministry, seen what he has been doing, people have gone to listen to him while he sat on a boat and they're standing listening to him. Right? These people, they believed that Jesus was someone special, but they were still not listening to Jesus. They were still not listening. They can have all of these miraculous signs. They can have all of these things happening, but they can still just not listen. We can believe, but not listen. There will be people in this room who believe, but not listen. The parable is therefore both very specific to who Jesus is talking to in, his, in, uh, in the crowd, but it's also in the context of for us. The preaching of the word on a, on a Sunday morning. Ask yourself the question, how much do I listen or how much do I want to listen to the person preaching on a Sunday morning? How much do I expect God to break my heart for what breaks his and to challenge me to love him more? How, how expectant are you for that on a Sunday morning? Do you come to church ready to be entertained or to hear God speaking into your life? For some, the preach on a Sunday is, is a bit of a snooze fest. Yes, I get to have a sleep. For, for, some, for some, it's your chance to be really cynical. Everyone's looking around. Who's asleep? Uh, um, it's a time for some of us to be really cynical. Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not. Yeah? You're enthusiastic until it's not a topic that you like. You're enthusiastic until it's a challenge that makes you go, no, I'm not, not okay with that. Yeah? For some, you hear to build knowledge, but not listen to Christ's whisper to change your heart. We can all have these responses, especially, like, it, some of us have crazy weeks. Right, we might fall asleep. It's not my point. Okay, I, I think the question is not, can I make sure that I stay awake? The question is, do I feel I have outgrown the seed? I think that's the deeper question. Have I outgrown the seed? Am I, am I willing to listen and be challenged? When the gospel message is preached each week, it must not be a Christian high of the week. It must not be our chance to judge the church. It's not our chance for a nap because you've heard it before. right? Like Jesus said, do you have ears? Yes, we've got ears. All humans have ears. Listen. Then our response is to listen to God. Let's be a church who wants to listen to God's voice prophetically, that wants to listen to God's word, that wants to listen to the words that we sing on a Sunday. We choose songs because we want them to be deep, deep songs that just stir our hearts. You have made me glad. What does that mean, God, for you to make me glad? Revel on the words that we sing on a Sunday morning. Listen. We need to listen when we plant kingdom seeds, but we also need to be really clear. Clarity makes a difference. When we are sharing the gospel with people, being clear makes a difference. Verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom of God and doesn't understand it, is what it says, right? I, I can go and try. I can go home with my seeds, okay? I, I, I can go home and I can try and plant these seeds, not because I'm a talented gardener, but because I've got instructions on the back that I can really easily follow, all right? Don't plant them then. Plant them at this point. Uh, it's really clear for me that even I a complete buffoon, right, can plant these seeds and something will happen. 
something. If I, if I do it, if I do it we're, we're, they've written it so clearly that I can do it. Right? The, when we share the gospel, we need to share the gospel clearly. We need to, to share it respectfully. The seed which lands on hard path <coughs> fails to penetrate people's hearts for one reason, and that's because they don't understand it. You know what? I am guilty as charged. For when I share the gospel, it goes over people's heads. It's really annoying. Right? I am often far more, I'm far too fluent in Christianese. I give people a load of jargon rather than Jesus so often. I end up complicating the good news of Jesus. I'm so guilty of that. And as a result, I, I use my inability as an excuse to, to shy away from sharing the gospel. We can so easily do it. Our poor evangelism gift is not an excuse to not share the gospel with clarity. Yeah, Remember, we don't make the seed grow. We are called to sow it. We're called to throw some seeds. Perhaps you may be able to resonate with my incapability. Perhaps you find yourself preaching Christianese to somebody. Maybe you, you sell a load of jargon rather than Jesus. Perhaps you might sometimes offend because you, you are brash. You might be brash, you might be harsh, you might get into heated debates which might not resonate the character of Jesus very much. Whatever the reason, they don't understand it in verse 4 and verse 19. I beg of us, I beg of myself and, and you, do not let it be because we make the gospel convoluted. All right? The gospel is a bit like the ocean. I think I've said this before. It's a bit like the ocean. A child can paddle in it. Yeah? It's, it's, the gospel is easy enough for a child to understand, but it's deep enough for a whale to swim in it. That's the gospel. Let's not, let's not overcomplicate the gospel. It's, it is children can paddle in it. That's the beauty of the gospel. Don't let it be because we are also modeling the gospel incorrectly through our actions, through our harshness, without respect and care for other people. Let's be a church which plants kingdom seeds carefully, with clarity and with genuine grace. Let's be grace church as we, as we share the gospel. Another way we can plant kingdom seeds is through deep relationships. Relationships with other people. Relational support deepens roots. Relational support deepens roots. Verse 21, but since they had no root... They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. What was the problem with the path? It was not the seed, it was the soil. The soil was, was the problem. Soil does not allow for deep uh, roots, and, and if there's no deep roots, it'll only produce temporary satisfaction in Christ. If you are new to church... If you've just become a Christian in the past year, if you are just exploring Jesus for yourself for the first time, um, only recently, I guess this is a kind of warning. It's a warning to us that we need to be a church which allows people to dig deep roots. Hence why we've changed our, uh, our grace groups to belong and grow. We want to grow so we can build deep roots. Deep roots allow for gospel growth. If you think back to Isaiah 61, 
make it to, to have a forest full of oaks of righteousness. Oak trees, this is, this is you know, I apologized at the start. Uh, this, this, is, this is one of them. Oak trees, um, their roots below the surface are as deep below the surface as they are high above the, above the ground. Just imagine that. Imagine how deep those oak trees have got to go. That's, it, we need deep roots to be grown as oaks of righteousness in this church. Deep roots require, though, deep relationships. This principle is essential when we think about sharing our faith, but also persevering in our faith. How can I build deep roots uh, myself in this, in this church? How can I, I do that? Well, it's side-by-side it's side root building. It's side-by-side side root building. Get stuck into church life. Get stuck into church life. Are you personally in a grace group? If you're not, that QR code Simon mentioned, scan that. Come and let us know and we'll get you in a, in a grace group. Get around people who will help you become an oak of righteousness, who will dig you deep, who will get your roots deep. Get to church on a Sunday morning. Get to church on a Sunday morning. Church, naturally, my prayer this morning is that you will naturally, while I'm preaching, be built up. While we sing, that you will be built up, that you will allow the roots to go down. Yeah? Get to church on a Sunday morning. You need it, and it needs you. It, they, they work. It's so important we meet together on a, on a Sunday morning. So that's how we can do it as we're persevering in our faith. But deep roots, are, uh, deep roots require relationships when we are talking to people about the gospel. It's when we have deep relationships with those who are not yet Christians that we can share the gospel's full impact on their life. It's then we can challenge their whole worldview, really, is what, when we are sharing the gospel, we're share, we are challenging people's worldviews. You can't just do that off the, just off, oh, hi there, uh, you, you're a sinner. Um, like that's, that's not going to help anybody, is it? You've got to have a deep relationship with somebody. You've got to know them. You've got, they've got to know you. They've got to know where your heart is coming from. Deep re- relational support deepens roots when we are planting kingdom seeds. But planting kingdom seeds, also we need to include a reality check. Reality check is critical, right? It, I need a reality check, right? Because... It gives me a reality check on here, right? Can be eaten by birds, right? Put, put a grate over the top so it's not eaten by birds. Reality check, you're going to lose some because they're going to get eaten by birds. Do you get me? 22, verse 22, the seed falling along the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke, <laughs> choke, right, it's not a nice experience, Right, it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. How often do, we, do you spell out for people what they need to give up to make Jesus their king? Well, I think we're so afraid to say, actually, Jesus wants your whole life that, that we, we shy away from the full gospel. The seed that lands along the thorns describes people who cling to good things of this world, but above Jesus. This may be you. I want Jesus, but I want my money. I want Jesus, but I want my sex life. I want Jesus, but I want the power that I have in my company to remain. We often feel these ways because we may not have been sold the true 
gospel. Genuine fruit in people's lives only comes from the life-giving gospel and knowing our response is to give God all of our hearts. I've said it before. I I I just love this analogy. Right? The gospel is like kids. They don't cost you anything. They're super fun to make. Right? They don't cost you anything, but they cost you absolutely everything. We co- it costs us nothing to get them. It costs us everything to have them. Yeah, pain of childbirth, the finances of just keeping them alive. Right? <laughs> it costs us nothing, but it costs us everything. That's the gospel. It it costs us nothing, but it costs us everything. If we miss that sharing the gospel costs us nothing, but it also costs us everything, we can cause little seedlings that grow up to just become unfruitful, to be be choked. Like they they are in verse 7 and in verse 22. The full gospel brings the fruit that that lets the, uh, the kingdom plants the kingdom, the, the seeds that we plant to, to bring life, to bring them life. A reality check is so important that we give people the full gospel. This is going to cost you everything. We can't get oaks of righteousness if we do not tell people this is going to cost you everything. And then finally, when planting kingdom seeds, you know what? It, it's ultimately, it's the seed that matters. It is the seed that matters. Verse 23, the crop was 160 or 30 times what was sown. The amount of har- that amount of harvest success is unheard of. Right? Jesus is going full on exaggerating in that moment. The maximum they would have expected and would have vaguely been heard of would have been about five. Yeah? It, a, a successful would have been times five. Not times 100, times 30, times 60. Jesus is really exaggerating because he wants us to see what matters is the seed and not the sower. What matters is the seed and not the sower. Right? My, the power of me planting these seeds is not in me going like that. All right? It's not in me putting it in. Kept. Done it again. I've done it again. It's not in me uh, fiddling around with it, making sure I water it. No, no, no. That's got the power. That, that little seed. The gospel is what matters. It's the gospel that brings the growth. If you are doubting that roots are growing in your life or in somebody else's life, if you are becoming choked by the things of this world, if the friends you know who've come to church and fallen away are being choked by the things of this world, if you are feeling pressed underfoot, if you are facing the inevitable difficulties of sharing your faith, if you are struggling to make Jesus your everything, or if you've been sold a different gospel, then please notice this. The wonder of this parable is that it's not that some of the ground, right? it's not fascinating that some of the ground produces fruit, it's the fact that any of the ground produces food, it produces the harvest. It's crazy that, that anything would come from that, that, that I could get a big old plant in my garden because of that. It's crazy. And this is, the, this is where the parable's beautiful encouragement comes. All of Jesus' parables in chapters 13, all right, they are, they're not just abstract stories that he's made up off the top of his head. 
right? But these are what God is doing personally and what Jesus is doing bodily through his death and his resurrection. This is the gospel. God takes us out. He takes us out of the pathways. God takes us out of the rocky ground. He removes the stones from the soil. He uproots the thorns. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, there is a promise of a seed that does bear fruit. Jesus is the one who bears full fruit. In Jesus, the seed is ultimately formed. In Jesus, the soil and the seed takes root. And in Jesus, seed and soil grow and know fullness of life. It is when we realize it is the seed that matters that we will turn and become kingdom people bearing kingdom fruit for King Jesus. When planting kingdom seeds as kingdom people, it is the seed that matters. 